Well, hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor with MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. And happy to report that we have Dr. Scott Cullen joining us today. He uh, was a keynote speaker uh, recently at the MGMA Leaders Conference in Nashville. Some of you may have heard him here. And we're going to tap into some of the topics and content that he discussed there on the main stage. Um, Dr. Cullen is Executive Vice President of Strategic Innovation and Chief Medical Officer at Avia. Dr. Cullen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Daniel. Great to be here. Yeah, so we've got a lot of content uh, to cover. The topic we're going to be addressing, it's the same one that you were speaking on on that main stage in Nashville. It's Shaping the Future, Trends and Challenges for Healthcare Leaders and Medical Groups. That just sets the stage for this conversation. First of all, before we go any further, we were talking offline about your organization, Avia. Tell us a little bit about that, just so people know a little bit more about that organization. Will do. So Avia is a very interesting innovation accelerator. We were actually founded by a consortium of health systems that were looking for what you might call a digital Sherpa as digital health tools sort of exploded into the market. And they were, you know, struggling to manage the hundred plus, you know, requests per day that they were getting to talk about one solution or another. So these systems joined together with a venture uh, capital firm called Abundant Venture Partners. And we founded Avia, which is actually an acronym for Abundant Ventures Innovation Accelerator. And so our role is generally to support um, health systems and large medical groups in navigating the challenges around digital health, both strategically as well as from a design uh, and system selection perspective. Okay. Thanks for sharing that with us. Now let's get into some of these trends and challenges. First question up, how do you anticipate the 24-7 consumer culture is going to impact medical groups uh, over these next few years? I think that we are already beginning to see some of the impact. And uh, it's, it's even more of a challenge when health systems or, or medical groups rather are faced with the challenges of <clears throat> addressing this. I think that there is going to be some degree of relief from technology, but there's also going to be some degree of remodeling of our delivery teams. Uh, it's, it's not possible really to meet this growing demand uh, without using things like AI-generated chatbots, uh, and also just simply enabling folks who are uh, less highly licensed to interact effectively with our patients, um, you know, in lieu of having to have a physician face to face with patients 24-7. That's, that's just not feasible from a uh, lifestyle or from a cost perspective for that matter. Yeah, well, staying in line with the physician side of it, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities for physicians moving forward then? I think that uh, one of the challenges is rebuilding our care teams so that as physicians, we still get to touch the patients that we need to touch uh, and feel that continue to feel that connection and that continuity of care. But 
effectively manage a team. You know, when I went to med school, uh, my training was not around how to manage a team. <laughs> my training was around how to manage a patient and their conditions. And so that's a big adjustment for folks, especially if they've been in the field for longer. Being part of a team, uh, particularly a digitally enabled team, is going to be an adjustment going forward. And so one of the challenges is to understand the technologies at play. The other is to understand effectively uh, how to delegate and also how to accept, um, you know, a new kind of a management model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think currently and these next few years, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to have a kind of a courtside seat to see how medical practices navigate AI and other technologies out there. Talk about the ways. I don't want to put it in the category of winners and losers, but there are going to be some who adapt to AI and other technology platforms in certain ways and maybe others that don't adapt as well. So talk about that and what that's going to look like. Sure. That's a great point. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, I, I sometimes I fall back on John Holenka's statement that, you know, AI is not going to replace doctors and nurses, but doctors and nurses who use AI are going to replace those that don't. And so to your point, um, there is going to be a lot more productivity and effectiveness for folks who learn how to use these tools uh, than for folks who don't. And, and the people who struggle to do so are going to struggle to be successful in their fields going forward. Um, you know, part of that, though, is that the tools are not quite ready for prime time yet. When we talk about AI, most of what the uh, groups that I've been talking to are experimenting with this, this uh, you know, at this point with our pretty basics, basic but very powerful things, two main things. One is uh, the ability to generate documentation from an ambient conversation with the patient, right? That is so critical and so essential to so much of uh, what we need to do around time management and cost reduction and simply reducing burnout because the documentation needs are just astounding. Another piece of what can be effective in AI, we're seeing, we're also seeing some of this is generation of uh, and effective intake around things like pre-authorization, around refill requests, that sort of thing. As, the, as these tools become more and more embedded in EMR, uh, they uh, really can be a time saver and a cost reduction for the practice. And, 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 you know, that's the thing is that a lot of these tools are going to be embedded in the tools that we currently use. So uh, generative AI, as it's maturing, right, there are solutions like DAX Express, DAX Plus that are being baked into Epic and some of the other major EMR vendors. That's going to be sort of um, not opaque to end users, but it's going to be just it's just going to be an augmentation of existing functionality to some degree, right? Where it's gonna get more interesting is those who figure out how to use uh, tools that may or may not be embedded in a new and different way. Uh, when you think back to uh, the radiology practices of 20 years ago before radiology was digital, um, you know, there was, there was a technician who would take the film, then somebody would process that film. We had a lot of machinery around that process. 
we had a file room full of clerks and folks who would be pulling films and filing films and stacks and all the paper and weight that that took on. Uh, and the radiologists would read the film and they'd have to dictate uh, and, you know, it would be pretty much unaided. All of that has changed dramatically, right? So we don't have file rooms anymore and we don't have, uh, you know, people there just to process the film. So it's really gone from um, a process where the front end is kind of all there is now. The, you know, the person takes the film that goes straight to the radiologist. They can use augmented tools that will, um, you know, help them read and, and prioritize areas of focus. Uh, and, you know, the generative AI tools will generate most of the findings. Uh, and all you need to do really is edit the that uh, output. And so, you know, others in other areas are going to learn how to use this. As a primary care doc myself, I can think of a few different interesting ways that, um, you know, AI tools could be used to reduce the burden on my day. Um, but for primary care docs, it's going to be more kind of around the textual elements, uh, whereas in some of the other specialties, it's going to be either more visually based, such as, you know, the pattern recognition um, elements that are, AI is really good at in radiology and pathology and, and cardiac imaging and some of these other areas. So let me pause there for a second. Been talking yeah, you've been talking about it organizationally. Let's talk about it on that personal level. Anybody that's in healthcare or reads about healthcare is seeing the stressors that are being placed on the individuals, whether that's the staff or the physicians um, in this 24-7 consumer culture of healthcare. Mm -hmm. How do we address that to achieve some level of work-life balance? Well, um, I wish I had the answer to all of that. I think that one of the opportunities, though, is just improving efficiency for the folks who are in conversations with patients. So, for example, we know that, um, you know, there's just a ton of information being generated every day about what's the latest technique or what's the best practice standard for um, this condition or that condition. So one of the opportunities is for folks who are at the front line to just have a better access to answering some of the questions that they're going to have. And you're already seeing uh, this occur, you know, whether it's good or, or not, you know, chat GPT is being used diagnostically in some settings. Um, you know, folks asking things like basic di differential diagnosis so that they don't miss uh, important potential um, opportunities to intervene. So if, if this is going to increase our productivity, we also at the same time have to balance that with uh, the fact that always operating at a really high cognitive level can be exhausting. So at times, you know, it may be that just reviewing your notes or signing off on a stack of paperwork is a mental break from really thinking intensively about the solution to the problem that might be in front of you with every patient. If we augment, if we use, you know, augmented intelligence techniques to take out all of that low level uh, task, then we're going to be left with maybe having to do 
more high-level tasks more intensively over a great amount of time. So that has to be balanced, right? There is a balance here. We can use these tools to make ourselves more effective and more productive, but we have to remember that we're humans and not machines. And so to your point, um, I think that there, we probably need to start using these tools as well to unburden to some extent. And I don't just mean by reducing the documentation drive and increasing productivity, but also to um, help remind us when we need to take uh, a break. And we all know that we're more productive when we take frequent breaks. Um, and you know, if we're gonna take away a lot of low level tasks that actually gave us some of those breaks, then we have to think about how we could use some of these tools potentially to refresh and mm -hmm. to, to build some mindfulness in the moment um, for some period of time that's then going to make us more resilient for the next period of high productivity, high productivity and work. Yeah, to follow up on that, how do you foster a culture of innovation, a, a, a culture of continual improvement within the, the workforce there? It's a real challenge, I think, in healthcare in particular. There's a couple of issues around that. Um, it isn't that we are not open to innovation or to trying new things, not at all. Um, but there has to be uh, a clear ROI for that, for one thing. The other piece is that in healthcare in particular, right, we, we often tend to fall back to the best practice concept, the best practice model, which is, you know, who else has done this? Where else have they done it? How did they do it? And what were the results? <laughs> you know, which is, Obviously, in healthcare and in practice of medicine in particular, um, you know, pretty solid concept. The challenge is that when you think about the amount of change that we're going to be absorbing now over the next decade, that's not going to actually be a particularly successful standard in all cases, because there are going to be a lot of areas in which nobody's done. Um, or that it's all just emerging capability and generative AI is a perfect example of that. So what we're going to need is something more like a test and learn methodology. Uh, we're going to have to start thinking in an agile way around what are the areas where um, we can experiment safely and what are the frameworks for, you know, for that? How should we approach that? How should we team around that? Um, and then also, how should we be monitoring and testing ourselves in terms of the results? Because that's a very different approach than our traditional, you know, best practice mindset. Okay. Are there resources or where are the resources if our listeners want to know more about how to stay on top of what the latest trends are, anything else out there that can help them understand what's, what's taking place out there in healthcare? Well, I think obviously our, our specialty uh, society uh, publications and journals uh, and webcasts, et cetera, the MGMA is also playing a big role in this. Um, I think that, you know, if you're really interested in a sub-element around AI and technology and that sort of thing, there are resources out there, um, you know, in the technology space for healthcare in particular, through either hymns or uh, class or some of these other spaces. 
So I think all of those are probably where you need to begin. And then when you're confronting a specific question that you need to think more broadly about, if you're an enterprise leader for um, these kinds of capabilities and this the need, this kind of a need for transformation, then you may need some help from organizations that specialize in this kind of thing, like Avio or some of the consulting firms that are out there. Um, you know, class uh, has some resources around this. Several firms like which were traditionally experienced measurement organizations like Press Ganey, for example, have kind of opened the spigot a little bit more on expertise around not only how you should think about this, but how you should be supported in implementing it. All right. Well, Dr. Cullen, I want to thank you for joining us, uh, not only in Nashville, but joining us here on the MGMA podcast as well. Well, it's been a pleasure, Dan. Thank you very much. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Insights Podcast. Thanks again to Dr. Scott Cullen, Executive Vice President of Strategic Innovation and Chief Medical Officer at Avia. Uh, As he was telling us about those resources, we will be sure and include those in the episode show notes. You can click right through to those. Thanks again for being an MGMA podcast listener. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.